give up. Keep going. That you owe it to society is what I say. You owe it to society to keep going and build and grow. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. This is the show where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in East Idaho and learn their origin stories and how they've overcome challenges to achieve their business goals. Um, hey, as a reminder, stay tuned after the show to hear tips and tactics on business in our business leadership moment. But first off, today I have a local businessman here who helps other business owners achieve their dreams. So welcome Shane Levitt, we're happy to have you. Thank you. Shane has Two Tracks Growth Partners. So tell us Shane, what is what is Two Tracks what Growth Partners? That? Yeah. <coughs> Great question, glad you asked. <laughs> so Two Tracks Growth Partners, I am actually a franchise owner. Uh, I do business coaching and it's an action coach franchise, which has been around for 25 years started in Australia and is now headquartered in Las Vegas. Brad Sugars is the founder and uh, current owner of Action Coach and has developed a system to help all businesses grow, mostly small to medium-sized businesses we work with. And, uh, and when you say small, medium-sized, like 500 employees or less or? Yeah, I Just guess, it, if you, yeah, technically, right, the government classifies it small business, anything under 500. Okay. So, yeah, but around here, I think when people say small to medium size. It's like small, us with our nine employees. Yeah, small <laughs> is, you know, nine, I think when people say, okay, if I have 20 or 25 employees, I'm a medium-sized business, that seems to be kind of the cutoff. But okay. I would say medium size would be more like 50 to 100 employees. Got it. Uh, yeah. So okay, so what well, do you do with them? So I walk them through six steps, uh, starting with mastery. Do you want to know the steps? I think you. I think the listeners would like to know <laughs> the, the a little bit about like that. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So mastery is the first step. It has four areas of mastery. So destination mastery is all about where where do you want this thing to go, this business, right? And if you don't know where you want it to go, it doesn't matter what decisions you make. Right. So destination very important. Um, Money mastery is about knowing your numbers and more than running your business through your bank account. While well, bank account and balance is important, it's cash actually, flow and yeah, all the other not stuff. Not really that important, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to know your break-even point. You want to know um, how much it costs to purchase a customer or to acquire a customer acquisition, the lifetime value of your customer, those types of numbers, mm -hmm. and all your other uh, financial statements and uh, regular things that you think about. Uh, time management or time mastery is the third area, or I, I say self-mastery because we all have the same amount of time but it's more about mastering yourself and what you're doing with that time. And as a business owner, we tend to put our whole lives into our business. And so you're saying you help them get balance. And Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So most of the business owners I deal with they have a time issue. They want more time either for themselves or for their family or community or whatever that is, or a vacation or just maybe a sick day and the business still <laughs> runs, right? Um, or money, they want more profits or uh, a better team. And that's probably the number one challenge that I hear is, is centered around 
workers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then delivery mastery is the fourth area of mastery, and that's consistently delivering the wow factor to your customers. Okay. That's the way I say it. The next step is niche, and when we define niche by not no price competition is what we define niche as. So that is knowing your target market and all of that stuff and what value are you bringing to the marketplace and okay. how to communicate with that. It's a lot about marketing. We have cool five ways formula that um, is, is really amazing to apply proven strategies in each one of those areas and, and increase your profits by 61%. So that's, that's good. That's yeah. pretty fun. And that's a formula, so it, it works, right? Yeah. If you just concentrate on the inputs. Um, and then leverage is the third step, which is really systems and systemizing your business. That's where it gets to um, working, right? Um, our definition of a business, which I probably should have stated in the beginning, is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. Okay. So that's. So if you are the guy, that's nece not necessarily a business. Correct. Okay. So if if you don't have a business that works without you, you own a job, oh, not okay. a business. Got it. That is actually how it feels. Yes. Which mm -hmm. is fine, but just knowing that and knowing what it takes to own a business <laughs> is a little bit different. And so, really, the only difference between. Uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollar business and a hundred million dollar business is the business owner and their mindset and and what possibilities they actually think of. So yeah, wow. That's fun. Leverage systems. Think, uh, systemize eighty percent of your business and humanize or exceptionize twenty percent. And then team is the f the fifth stage is that no that's, that's four, four. Mm -hmm. team is the fourth stage that's when it <coughs> starts working without you right is is the team and shifting focus as a business owner from a technician to building your team right is a huge mind shift mm -hmm. and as businesses grow and so know, many of us start up as good technicians correct and so this is a whole change like this whole concept doesn't even resonate with us because we just want to go and provide this service to make this shift, I can see why this is beneficial. Yes, very good. And E-Myth, the book E-Myth describes that ladder of entrepreneurship, uh -huh. right? From an employee to uh, a business owner to, well, from employee to a manager to a business owner, and then to an entrepreneur is somebody that really owns something, right? That business is your product. And that, if you think about that as your product that someday you're going to sell or pass on, then you know, it kind of changes your perspective and what your objective is about oh, that business. Got it. And was that six, four, um, five? That was Sorry, four, <laughs> that was we? four, team. Team. Four. Um, and then synergy. Is five. Is five. And that's really where it's running like a well-oiled machine. You can start bringing in the general manager at that point kind of stepping away or that is a good time to start thinking about selling or uh, what your succession plan is or executing the su succession plan. And then the sixth step is results. So whatever that is, is that the sale? Is that the acquisition? Is that the passive income? Whatever the 
kind of your your destination was. So, so you've done you, it, then go do it again. So can you do? Can you get to that point without really mastering each one of these others? Like, can you sort of halfway do the <coughs> niche part and get to results? I think that's where the majority of us are. Oh, okay. Right? Is we. Um, I've never met a dumb business owner right. that I know of. Not and, yet. Right. And what <laughs> I mean by that is mo we all know as business owners, we know what we need to do. Uh -huh. right? I could say to you, what are 10 things that you know you should be doing yes, right now? And, I can and you're yeah. just not. Yeah. yeah. And vice versa. We know what we need to do. And it's, it's really a matter of being held accountable to that and I think that's that's the value that a coach really brings to the business is the accountability piece sometimes there's knowledge gaps or skills gaps and and tools and how to get there but and you know value and brainstorming with somebody outside a third person but I think the accountability is really the big piece and that's what you provide and that's what I provide so what I think I hear you saying is that none mm -hmm. of this is usually ever too revolutionary for the people that you're working with they have bits and pieces you just look at it from that 20,000 foot view and say, gosh, we could tighten this piece up and we could tighten this piece up and it could really run like a more well-oiled machine getting you to synergy in a better effective way. Uh, am I restating yes, that correctly? That's a very good restatement. And I would say, yeah, 20,000 foot view is kind of where we start and, and where things are going. But r really, I think what's really valuable about Action Coach and why I purchased a franchise was because of the actual execution. And you say that because it's different than other coaching programs out there? It is, yeah. Um, and in a couple different aspects, one, there's a lot of life coaches and mindset, and while that's maybe the main thing about business ownership and, and how to change your mindset, um, there's less, there's more of that, the, the, the nuts and bolts of how to do your business. Of, uh -huh. Yes. Here's, so, how, here's what a marketing strategy looks like, and here's how, how many strategies you need to bring in the revenue that you say that you want. So how do you do that by, because I imagine you're working over multiple industries. Mm -hmm. So for example, we're automotive repair, there could be retail, there could be all sorts of other things. How do you do you customize that to the customer you're working with, or is it general principles that apply across the board? A uh, little bit of both. Mostly they're general principles that apply across the board. But I'll use marketing as an example. That seems to be everybody's issue is how much should I pay and what should I pay, and I don't want to pay anything, right? <laughs> yeah. So we try to get to where it's an investment, an endless marketing budget. If you know how much it costs to get somebody, one person, into your shop, Right. If I, if that costs a hundred dollars, yeah. Then and you want ten, then you know you need to spend a thousand dollars. Right. The next question is well, how do I spend it? So we strategically pick and test and measure certain amount of strategies for a certain amount of time, ninety days usually. And when and whatever hits is whatever what you, hits, uh -huh. you, you do more of that. I see. What doesn't work, then you do less of that. But we have a. We call it a, a 10 by 10 matrix. So the idea is to have 10 marketing strategies and then 10 tactics to carry out those 
strategies. So that could get overwhelming. I, as a business owner, could be like, holy crap, I have yes. to run a business, and you're giving me 10 things I have to worry about. Yeah. Do you, what is your strategy then to help a business owner through that? Yep, and great question. The Most of it, like you said earlier, you're doing some of them. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. but, but really systemizing how those things are done, like marketing, when you know, you'd get daily phone calls, do you want to sponsor this golf hole, or do you want to do this ad and this, or do you want to post, boost this stuff, right? Yeah. Keeping that- Getting you focused in what focused you're gonna in do. Focused in a system mm -hmm. and committed to those. Got it. And then testing and measuring so that you know, all right, that one did work, so I'm gonna do more of that one, that one didn't work. Got it. I'm gonna do less of that. I got it, got yeah. it. And so you just help organize that for a business owner and little bites little we bites. can take yeah yes. okay i so like it chunking it up or she. dividing to multiply so what do you what do you consider your title business coach what is it yes business a coach. business coach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and are you working with people just locally or do you have across the nation what does that well, look like majority of my clients are here probably uh 60 percent of my clients are here okay 40 percent are outside the area, Utah, Hawaii, Alaska. Oh, I bet that's Tennessee. hard to go to those right? places, darn it. Yeah. Do you actually go or do you so just I, manage them remotely? Yeah, we try to get there once a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we, yeah, we work together to make that happen. Even yeah. my clients here, I really only meet face-to-face -face once a month. Okay, otherwise you're yeah. zooming. Just, yeah, just depends on the situation, I guess. So do you have like weekly meetings with them where they have to be accountable for certain measures? Usually weekly. So I have um, several different programs. I have group programs uh, for the smaller businesses mm -hmm. or you know less cash flow uh, on up to the majority of them are one-to-one -one one -one. clients. Mm -hmm. And so that's yeah, weekly or bi-weekly. Okay, got it. All right. So mm -hmm. what, like, what led you to this? You said that you'd looked at some other things. Have you done businesses in the past? Did you always grow up knowing that you wanted to be a business coach? <laughs> like, how did this occur? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I grew up in, I would say, an entrepreneurial family. My dad um, bought into Harper Morgan Engineering at the time uh, when I was a kid and eventually owned uh, Harper Levitt Engineering. Um, and re recently sold that. And so I think I just grew up with that kind of an expectation mm -hmm. that you don't work for somebody else. The reason you work is so that you can either start or buy your own business. Okay. And I, I don't know that he ever sat me down and, and told me that, but that was definitely the way that we lived our life. Okay. Uh, my grandfather was a farmer and rancher and, you know, local businessman that way. Two uncles were also that same way, so I think it was know, definitely in your blood. It was in the blood, and I grew up working for people that own their own companies. Yeah, and so I think that was just uh, intentionally or unintentionally, but that's where it started. And was that like in high school or you know? Yeah, I, well, I started working forever. for my grandpa when I was eleven or twelve. Oh yeah, moving pipe yeah. and all those fun times. You're and a good Idaho boy. I'm yes. Idaho through and through, <laughs> I guess. I, I tell my kids all the time that, you know, they don't know what it's like to wake really up work. at 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess I've always wanted to um, start my own businesses, um, and I have. I've started five, 
and really all with the intent, my whole intent of starting businesses was just to find the secret system or formula of how to do this. Okay. And then I thought, oh, you know, one of these, if I start enough businesses, right, one of Something's them will be hit. successful. <laughs> and and they'll make it rich, and they'll write a book, and yes. they'll just travel the world and share that formula. That's with what people. happens with everyone. Right? Yes. <laughs> Starting a business is hard work. Yes, it's <laughs> so true. And and threatening to your marriage. All right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, anyway, we somewhere in there, right, I joined the Air Force. Did you at, did you attend college then or you went straight into the Air Force? Uh, both. Oh, okay. So I, I started the civil engineering route and um, at in Boise State uh -huh. and then Idaho State and realized I'm not an engineer. Yeah. So then I switched to business and there was a couple other ones in between there, but <laughs> ended up with business degree and I finished that while I was in the Air Force. Okay. And then went on and got an MBA from the University of Utah, okay. go Utes. Okay. Right, at, down in Salt Lake while we were stationed there in the Air Force. Did that answer your question? Did yeah. Uh -huh. question? Yeah, you did. So how long did you serve in the Air Force? Ten years. Okay. It was ten years in the Air Force. And so I get asked a lot, right, if you're entrepreneurial, why did you join the military? Right. And that's a, how did those go together? An excellent question. Because I, you know, after 9-11, really changed my life. And I... It, um, really wanted to serve, I guess, and you know all the altruistic stuff. Those I, could, reasons. I could go way patriotic on you and yeah. make everybody throw up, but I won't. Um, but I—that's why I joined. I was 26, had two kids, didn't make sense. No one kidding. Bit, but we really felt like that's what we wanted to do, and we joke all the time. My wife and I—we made that decision together, so that we could travel the world, and never made it out of the United States. <laughs> You traveled so, to Utah. Yeah, we went <laughs> Texas, Washington, D.C., Las Vegas, and Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah, you so didn't make it out of the United States. Out of the United States. So. Um, but the Air Force is fairly entrepreneurial. They call themselves professional, right? And everybody else calls us the chair force because <laughs> we just sit in chairs and push buttons and stuff. But um, I was... Early on in my military career, was, we call it voluntold. I was voluntold to do new programs or new software things. And so I started out in the medical lab and learned some new um, software and was trained on that and then came back and taught people how to do it. I was on a, a biological disaster team, you know, if anything happened, that, and that was kind of fun. Yeah. Cross-trained into the reserve uh, into the command post, and um, that was probably the, well, there was a lot of fun things about that, but at this this time, after 9-11, everything in the military changed too, and so Congress said, okay, everybody combined forces, so the reserve and active duty, there really is no difference. They have to be trained to the same standards. Uh, the reserve and guard, they have to be trained one weekend a month, two weeks a year, right, to the same standards. And so that's a, a completely different philosophy when you try to combine those two mentalities. Okay. And so I had just come off of active duty into the reserve, 
and everybody above me that outranked me, I don't, now that I say this, maybe they quit because of me, but they quit <laughs> because of that conflict. I see. So we were a, a small shop, but we were in charge of communications, emergency communications throughout the whole base of 20,000 people mm. at Hill Air Force Base. Yeah. And so there was quite complex um, operations that needed to be combined. So anyway, as a you had a lot of exposure then, a leadership, of, a lot and of leadership all of exposure, yeah. and at that time it was just kind of a sweet spot in my career where um, I joined the Air Force thinking that everybody was a good leader, and that that's where I would get good leadership training. And while yes, the leadership training is world class, leaders are no different in or out of the military, mm -hmm. right? There's Personalities still occur yep. and all of those other things. Yep, yeah. we're, we're all still people and we yeah. have the same problems. So that's why I really loved about so many different career experiences was I noticed the same personnel issues in my dad's company and the same management issues and communication issues in my dad's company as I did in the Air Force. Yeah, wow. Right? Yeah. And so... That was really fun to see those things, and, yeah. and the solutions are very similar, yeah. right? And yeah. I think it boils Which down helps to you with your coaching, because you can yes. kind of see, although I might do automotive, somebody else might do retail, it's really the same thing. We need yes. customers coming in, we need to take care <coughs> of them, and have them come back. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, um, were you starting any of your other businesses during the time you were in the Air Force? How yes. did that all occur? So, I started the first one before um, I joined the military. And and then we sold that one, and then and what was that? Um, GIS, Geographic Information Systems. So it's okay. kind of uh, goes right in line with surveying my dad's company. Oh yeah, so that okay, was kind got of it. Complementary thing there. Uh huh. Um, and then we started uh, when I was in uh, my master's program. I decided that I wanted to learn how to do online marketing and stuff. So I started a a retailer company. Okay. Like, why not, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so in the military. <laughs> it's part full, of your yeah, MBA. Military and then school full time and then let's start at a made in the USA outdoor equipment business. Okay. And so we did that for, I say we all the time, it's my wife, right? Yeah. It's, comes in and picks That's up the we. pieces. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is. Yes. And so we did that for a few years and then moved to Alaska and we weren't quite in a position to um, be smart about the shipping stuff. Oh, yeah, and right. And so you, you just can't ship out of Alaska uh -huh. and make a profit. So we closed that one down. There's a few hobbies in there, too. Cause that did you, didn't make you any yeah, money? Yeah, hobbies just cost money. <laughs> right. They don't make any money. Um, and then the one that's on my mind is the video marketing company that we... So we got out of the military um, and then moved to Alaska because I've always wanted to go there. So we drug the family there, worked for a newspaper as a business manager there. And where were you at in Alaska? Juneau. Juneau, okay. Mm -hmm. And then got laid off after three years there. And so we decided we've never li lived in the Northeast. So let's go to the Northeast. So we went to Maine. Okay, wow. From there. <laughs> that is pretty Northeast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, it was... Had we gone to Miami, that would have been 50 miles farther than what we went to just north of Portland. Maybe. Wow. So uh, there, that's where I started consulting. 
you know, we're doing some nonprofits consulting, and then I got on a team that trying to house all veteran services under one roof with the state of Maine and several different nonprofits groups, and, th and that was really fun to do that. And then we decided our kids have never been around family, so... Come back to Idaho. Yeah, while we're in this transition point, we may as well come back or we'll never make it back. Mm -hmm. So we came back, um, now put out with some family and stuff too, but... Uh, so started a video marketing company. I've always wanted a drone and started... And that seemed like a good doing, reason to yeah, get a drone. <laughs> aerial mapping and, you know, those types of things. So I thought, well, why not? Let's just do it. So I bought a drone and um, decided to do the video marketing side of things rather than um, spend a lot of money on the mapping technology anyway. So that's what got me contact. That's a long answer for what got me in that's contact great. with a business coach. Yeah. So, so did you have business coach then when you were doing your video? Do you I still didn't. have your video marketing? Yeah, still oh, have the still video have marketing. It. Okay. And what's it called? Vertex Aerial. Vertex Aerial. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was going back and forth from here in Boise. I was doing some business in Boise and ran into a business coach and thought, oh, I didn't know this, this existed. existed. Yeah, yes. I could I've have had of, help. You heard of consulting and I don't like that word. Yeah. Even when I was a consultant. And, and so she invited me to a business excellence forum where Brad Sugars um, gave an overview of the six steps. Mm -hmm. And I... And you were hooked. Yeah, it was like, aha, right? And you can play music. Like, oh. <laughs> it was. It was a huge realization that, oh, this is what I've been looking for. This is exactly. All this life has led me to this. What I've been yeah. looking for. So like a life calling. And I could really, literally feel that in, the, in that uh, conference. So I thought, huh, well, I didn't know that that existed can I just R&D it, like Robin's, Robin duplicate, you know, that system? <laughs> yes. And, and do it on my own so I don't have to pay royalty fees right, and all right. that Right, Because how hard stuff. is all of this, right? Yes, right? You've done businesses. Yes. And so I thought, you know, I'm, I don't, even though I say I'm an, an engineer, I kind of, I think I have some of the engineering mindset where I'm very detailed. So I know that I would just get bogged down in the details and creating all that stuff. So I did due diligence and, okay, is this legit? Is this a legit business? And so, you know, I, everybody that I talked to, it was. I shadowed that coach in Boise for a day. And yeah, with a lot of her guidance and counsel, I decided, yeah, let's. This is the right thing for you. Right now, thing. when was this? 20 what? This was in 20, what's this? This is 19. We're in 2019, mm -hmm. so 2017. 17, okay. Yeah, so, so just October. So two years you've been doing this. A year and a half, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll be two years in October, okay. Two years yeah. in October. So tell me about it. Like, has this, is this actually an answer to your whatever you were looking it for? It is. I actually come home every day and my wife you know, says, it's so fun to see you do what you're born to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I really enjoy it. So what kind of advice, like that was quite a journey to get to where you're at. And I mean, I know a lot of us do that. I, I, I for example, have been a nurse for nearly 29 years and now I'm thinking, I really wanna do something else. You know, I wanna be more involved in business. And so um, I understand how sometimes your life takes you on different journeys, but 
what kind of advice would you have for people searching for their calling, their yeah. whatever fills their cup that lights them up? Wow, that, yeah, that's a huge loaded question. It is. To, uh, for me, it was really just about doing it, right? I'd, you just have to get yourself out there. Yeah, uh -huh. just, just do it. If you have an idea, right, you can lose a lot of money, but who cares? <laughs> Right. Well, you care you if can, you have to feed your family, I guess, yeah, but you have to take a well, risk. Yeah, I, think, I could say my family has cared yes, maybe I more suspect. than I have about money. <laughs> I guess be a little more intentional. If I had to do things over again, I would have sought out a, a mentor okay. more. Mm -hmm. Right now, now I have my own coach, which is invaluable. Um, but I didn't know that existed before. I always knew mentors existed, and you know, asking for advice, but kind of formalizing that relationship to say, all right, I don't know what I want to do in five years, but somebody that can help you understand your talents. Yeah. And I guess I felt like, you know, I had all these interests, but I didn't really know what talents I had. And what well, one of them could actually make some money and support your family. Correct. Yeah. And, and how to put those together, how to market those talents or what to search for that. Do way. you feel like that's what you're able to offer somebody? So if I came to you with like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, but here's the things I have. Could you help me figure that out? I, I do. I find myself in those conversations all the time. Uh -huh. And so I think, yeah, that, that's probably a lesson, right? That, yeah. Yeah, I really need to learn this, formalize it, and, and so that I can teach it a lot better. But it, to me, it's really about a asking the questions and trying to get like, what is it that you really want? Are you motivated by money? Are you motivated by, you know, prestige yeah. or service, service? Whatever it is. What, what is that? And then help you know, structure that. Yeah. For what the choices are you making uh, to get there? Yeah. I, I know that I think that's um, really important for us to understand what our definition of success is. That's what I call it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's not a job necessarily. You know, my definition might be I want to spend you know, so much time with my family and I want to have this level of freedom. Um, and that might be incongruent with being a millionaire. I don't know. Yes. Um, yeah. So you have to really define what it is that will fill that cup and then structure your life around what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of us think it's a job or it's a, it's a business or, and it, it isn't. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm very, glad you agree. I Because I would have been sad if you would have said, if no, said, Renee, that's wrong. Right. And, I, <laughs> you know, going back to what my job is, is business coaching. That's why I try to help business owners understand that you are not your business. Yeah. Right. And your business should just simply fund your lifestyle. Your life. mm -hmm. Very so good. So what do you want? Right. A real business is commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. And I add that feeds your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. Okay, good. Well, I think that's great. So we know where to go if we need to have some direction with that. And I think <laughs> so many of us business owners do that for years and years and just kind of, and I like what you said about having a mentor because having worked in kind of corporate America, I had opportunities to have people come into my life that I could consider mentors and, um, and coaches. Um, but being in business, you don't necessarily have that same exposure. You're the one. Yes. So really feeling like you can reach out to someone, find someone, whether that's a mastermind group or a coach or a mentor, whatever that looks like, 
there are resources out there. Agreed. Look for them. Uh, agreed. And okay. I, I don't know why we think as business owners that once we decide to start this thing or to buy this thing, we, we got to do it all by we ourselves. We got to do it all by ourselves <laughs> and we can't ask questions and we have to pretend like we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> when we have no clue. Yes. Right? It's that imposter syndrome too. Yes. Like anytime yeah, they're going to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to fake it. Yes. Um, okay. So with that in mind, not necessarily, but maybe, have you ran into any obstacles that have caused you to doubt your vision? Um, that self-doubt coming into your own, like, what am I doing? And how do you overcome that? Yes, I do. And, and you probably see I wouldn't, it. I wouldn't say daily, but at least weekly, I have <laughs> those doubts start creeping in. Okay, that's good to know. Yes. Usually happens like right after a high. You know, I get a, somebody that I've been, you know, working with or talking with for several months and we, we finally decide to be in a coaching relationship, right? And I think, oh, yeah, you know, this is exciting. And then right after that, I'm like, oh, crap, now I got to go get another one. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> right? you've or, accomplished that goal. And then, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, or when somebody says, you know, no, I guess it's usually another point of rejection where you have to think, okay, is this really what I should be doing. Uh-huh. Is it hard to because you take that personally? You make that a, like it, it's me that they're rejecting and not my program? Yeah, sometimes uh-huh. it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had, uh, I guess if if you want to kind, of kind of share personal experience sure without naming names, Absolutely. right? Somebody that I respected pretty highly, you know, said some pretty disrespectful things like, kind of questioning all the doubts that I had in my mind, Mm -hmm. but calling me out on the carpet. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't do this because you haven't done X, Y, Z. Yes. How often do we hear that? Yes. And I think, huh. Yeah. Who am I to do this? Yeah. You're right. You're right. I haven't. But it was, it was bad timing (laughs) to hear that conversation for me personally, but it was, it was kind of a game changer in my own mind. What'd you do? Because it made me hit rock bottom. Yeah. Like, um, I might not be able to do this, mm-hmm. right? This is another business. I know how hard it is to start another business. And now I'm talking to what I would consider peers or other business owners and, and up. Yeah, that, may have more experience, yes. obviously have more knowledge around their specific industry. Yes. So here I am as a coach business owner who's been a, you know for a year and I'm going to go talk to somebody that's been in business 18 years. Yeah. And, and tell them that I can coach them and, and double their business, right? And that, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's just a lot of self-doubt there. And so how do you so, overcome that? Like, because you keep coming, you keep going. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, it was bad timing that way, but also good timing. I had, um, you know, some good coaches that as mentors in my own life. Um, and I guess just kind of a point of no return is... Yeah. You she, just have to go she forward. Said, yeah, you can do this or not, right? You got to decide right now. And if you're going to decide, then you, you're in, buddy. Yeah, you know what it takes. So do it or not. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's good for somebody to just be frank with us like that. Yes. You know, like you can have your pity party, but it's not going to get you anywhere. So right. either you're in or you're out, and commit and go forward. Correct. And so that's where you're at. So that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, I'm glad to, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for your own self-doubts, but I think that validates so many of us in business 
Um, like, you know, some days we'll, I know Kevin and I will wake up and we'll be like, what are we doing? You know, now we have nine employees that we have to support and every day we just worry, you know, that it's going to be there for them and for our own family. Um, but, but it isn't all bad. You know, there's yeah. some really great things on the other side of that, but there's definitely some heavy responsibility that comes with being a business owner. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so give me an idea. Usually I try to get this from uh, leaders and business owners. Do you have any podcasts? Of course I ask if there's podcasts that inspire you, but do you have any books or other things that you would recommend for our leaders or for our business owners and listeners that might be able to inspire them in their own lives? Yes, I have several podcasts. Grant Cardone, I do his podcast. Uh -huh. um, and I know he's extreme, but... That's <laughs> that fits. That's fun. It's fun to hear what he has to say. Sometimes entertaining. Um, Jed Blunt that has written Fanatical Prospecting, which is a good book. He does a pretty good podcast. And then I, you know, I have a lot of sales right now. And then I try to find, you know, podcasts that maybe my clients are struggling with. Yeah. And so yeah. Whatever. You're always learning. Always, always trying to learn. Mm-hmm and something to refer to them as well so i've got some marketing i'm trying to think of what her social media marketing yeah mm -hmm. i do so well, those, there's a those lot out podcasts. there yeah, yeah tons of podcasts I try to listen to at least two or three times a week mm -hmm. podcasts east east idaho entrepreneurs wow i didn't even pay so you for that is one is a great way to go <laughs> podcast <laughs> it's inspiring yes yes thank you uh-huh and books i love books yeah and Audible. Anything you'd favorite. recommend that's my on your... My new favorite one is Extreme Ownership Okay. by um, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Okay. Uh, Navy SEALs uh -huh. that apply wartime situations to business. And, and really kind of the crux of that book is that everything is your fault as the business owner. Yeah. So get over it and... Move on. Which is fun to me to get to that point because then you can do something about it. Absolutely. Right? I mm -hmm. tell you, I, I hear the number one challenge from business owners is that nobody wants to work anymore. Right? And, and that's false. Yeah. It really is. It's a lie. It, but it's said a lot in mm -hmm. society. It's a good excuse. A good excuse. Mm -hmm. And I would say below the point is what I call that. But, but if that's not true and if, if it's that people want to work, they just don't want to work for you right then then you can do something about it yeah you have an opportunity yeah. i love it yes yeah, so i i really like the point of that book good um, shoe dog is another good one that, i heard that one before <clears throat> that really uh, illustrates well the struggle <laughs> that's what i would say of business ownership yes uh-huh and and so we we all know the result of nike and it doesn't really talk about the result he doesn't really talk about that he really dives into the struggle uh-huh and the hardest part is starting. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's a good book. Love it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I love those. I think we can go forward with those. Well, okay. Shane, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners that you feel like you haven't had the opportunity to? Oh, I seem like I talked too much. That's the most <laughs> I've ever talked for years. And now probably. we have it on recording. And now it's, it's recorded. Yes. It's proof that yes. I know how. Yes, indeed. Um, I would just say right from all I do is talk to business owners so I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of the challenges yeah. that business owners face and I really believe and know that there are solutions 
right? So if don't give up, don't give up, keep going. That that you owe it to society is what I say. You owe it to society to keep going and build and grow. So don't don't think just because people don't want to work that you know. If you go back to yourself, don't don't do that. You can't go backwards. But go forward, and there there are solutions, and I'm more than happy to help any way that I can. Yeah, thank you. So. Well, it's nice to know that there's resources out there. So thank you so yeah. much for your time today. I can feel your passion for this work, although it's a subdued passion. <laughs> I can <laughs> feel a, it. That's a weakness of mine, yes. <laughs> and your energy um, for helping people be the best, that um, business owners be the best that we can be and, and get the most out of our business that we can. I'm excited to watch um, Two Tracks Growth Partners and see um, how your businesses are, you're going to help businesses achieve their dreams um, and goals just like you. So um, thank you for your time today. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair located in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. If you're looking for honesty and integrity in automotive repair, along with top-notch customer service, we give it. There's only one place to go. So come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now, don't go anywhere because I'd like you to stay tuned for the business leadership moment. Keep listening to learn tips and tactics that will help lead your business to success. And we'll see you next time. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to the business leadership moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon, an East Idaho business conference held every November. Please check it out at www.risecon.com and Rise is spelled with a Z. They also have a monthly executive event that is held um, with speakers who teach you about different things related to your business. And then you have like a mini mastermind opportunity with other business owners. And I can tell you for myself, this has already made a difference in Kevin and I's business. And so I highly recommend it. Please check it out. Um, And if you need to hear from me directly about how awesome it is, please reach out. I'm happy to talk to you about it and let you know what it's done for us. So today, as I was interviewing Shane, he said something that reminded me of a story. Um, And in his interview, he talked about his self-doubt and how an individual who he really respected said something to him that caused him, as he said, to hit rock bottom because he he really appreciated the this individual. And when they said these things about him, it hurt. And how many of us have been in that situation where those things that people say cause us to do things differently because we don't want to be hurt like that again. So it reminded me of a story. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's about Mohini the White Tiger. In the 1960s, this white tiger was presented to uh, President Eisenhower for the American people. And it was a, a you know, a great prize. Uh, have, if you've seen a white tiger, you know how amazing these animals are. And so they had this tiger in the Washington, D.C. Zoo. Um, and at that time in the 60s, the tiger enclosure was a 12 by 12 cement cage. And they knew this wasn't the right place, the right habitat for Mohini. So they started plans to build a great habitat for her that had all sorts of vegetation and ponds and places where she could be like in her own environment. Um, and, And they were working on that, but it took a little bit of time. So in the meantime, here's Mohini in her 12 by 12 enclosure, and she would just pace that enclosure all day long. So they were really excited to get her into this new habitat. 
the day came, uh, press was assembled, people were all around to see this happen, uh, and they excitedly released Mohini into her habitat and expected her, you know, her, that she was going to be able to go and enjoy this vast expanse that they had just given her um, and be free, sort of. And so what actually happened was Mohini went into her new habitat. She found this concrete wall that she paced off in the corner. She paced, paced off this 12 by 12 square and paced around that particular area, wearing down the grass and never actually went and enjoyed this expansive area that she had. And she did that until the day she died. So it kind of is a sad story and I'm sorry that it ended that way, but I think there's so many things that we can learn from Mohini um, that maybe we should look at in our own lives. How many of us have put self-imposed um, barriers around ourselves, um, self-doubt that has prevented us from exploring what's out there? At no time in the history of man have there been more opportunities than there are now. And how many of us are not taking advantage of that because of something maybe a parent said when we were young or a teacher told us that we weren't you know, able to do, or a coach said we weren't good enough at, or a boss is telling you, how many of us have listened to these things and decided that they were true and put these self-imposed barriers, these doubts, these things that are holding us back around us. So really, are we different than Mohini? Are we pacing off our little 12 by 12 square and not really partaking in all that life has for us? Um, I hope not. And I just hope that we can maybe think about that and realize that just because people have told us things or said things to us, that doesn't make it true. Uh, I want to share my favorite quote with you. It's by Marianne Williamson. I'm sure you've all heard it. You will hear it again from me uh, as we go through this journey, but it's my favorite, and I just want to share it with you. Um, she says, our, our greatest fear, by Marianne Williamson, our greatest fear is that is our light and not our darkness that most frightens us. Um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You, your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear— our presence automatically liberates others. And what a wonderful world it would be if we could all live that and understand that. And um, I just hope for all of you that you can examine those self-imposed barriers that you've put on yourself and challenge those thoughts and do what you need to do to go out there and conquer your big dreams um, and make the world a better place for me and for my kids and for you and for all of those um, in, in this life journey with us. So I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.